0: Hello and welcome to Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow, the talent transformation expert for organizations seeking eight figure growth. We work with those organizations to break through revenue ceilings and realize the business growth that their companies are capable of when they get their people firing on all cylinders. We believe that every business person has a unique voice and a unique angle that makes their business successful. And those are the kinds of movers and shakers that we interview on the show. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest in about 30 minutes. So let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow, the transformation expert for businesses looking to achieve eight-figure growth. I'm so excited today to have a dear friend and fellow business consultant on the show with me today, Ira Wolf. Ira and I have known each other and done work together for over 20 years, and he is the chief Googleization officer with Success Performance Solutions. Ira, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, Ed. Thanks very much. Yeah, It's been an interesting journey, hasn't it? It has been. It has been. We've we've both changed a lot in those 20 years, which is is what this podcast is really all about, how businesses change and transform. And I know that one of the first questions that people are saying is, what the heck is a chief Googleization officer? So so tell folks how you came up with that title and, and what it means to you and your business.
1: Thanks. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It is one of the most popular questions that I get. But let's start with Googleization. That's actually the the most absolutely. popular question. So, what is it? Uh, in and you you know me at this point. We we're talking. I first started to talk about the perfect labor storm uh, going mm-hmm. back 20 years. You know, predicting pretty much what was going to happen now. Uh, didn't realize yeah. how accurate it would be, but yeah. <laughs> I'll pat myself on the shoulder for that uh, along with a lot of other people, but we talked about labor shortages, 20 years, 30 years down the road. And and certainly we're, we're experiencing that now. Um, But when I was talking about that, a lot of people at that point were talking about your generation. It's like, what are we going to do with this Gen X generation? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, they're, they're coming in. uh, They're really, you're half, had half the numbers of baby boomers. Mm -hmm. uh, And we had, you know, baby boomers hammered the Gen X, but then in the mid mid, Two thousands the early, the first you know 20, twenty fifteen years ago, uh, they everybody started hammering the millennials, uh, still hammering the millennials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to break, even though the millennials aren't the youngest generation anymore. Um, but anyway, they they were hammering the millennials, and that was a question I got. So I started talking about how the the differences in generation, not good or bad, um, but just different experiences, and I started to write a book, and it was called Geeks and Geezers. Uh, it was actually called The Wired, the Tired and technology. Um, and, but somewhere I got this alliteration, and it came up with Geeks and geezers, uh, which was a Warren Bennis book. And it's like, what could I do to, to fit that in? And you know, it turned out to be Googleization, because mm-hmm. we, we talked about that. I don't know where I, it was one of those shower moments that you, know, you wake up and you go, <laughs> yeah. that's it, that's where we're going to go. Word. <laughs> yeah. And so it really, it just started with uh, an alliteration. It started with what's the book title? And it mm-hmm. stuck. Uh, over time, it evolved because people keep asking me, what's Googleization? And they just thought it was about using Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Googleization turned out to be the convergence of, of people, business, and technology. Uh, and, you know, that's the theme or the wired, the tired, and, you know, the wired, the tired and technology, uh, whichever way you want to do. So uh, I walked into a room, you know, which goes back to how did I get the title? I walked into a room and people started talking to me about, you know, are oh, you the Google guy? And I go well. I can't use Google, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, you know, and really, I don't have any affiliation with Google, so I didn't want to uh, make that assumption. Uh, so, you know, I just picked up the Googleization because I've been using it for so long, and at least, at least, at least, if the the name infringement, you know, people accuse it, I can go back and say, hey, I've been using it since two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. And uh, as far as I was able to search, I was the first one to use
0: it. So nice. anyway, that's how it's done. So. Excellent. So what, one of the cool things that, you know, I've been privileged to, to know you for 20 years. And, and of course, things have changed in those 20 years. Our, our businesses have changed and how we serve our clients have changed. And you know, I remember that when I first met you, you were the assessment guy. Like if, if we wanted to assess talent. We went to you, and, and that's still a big part certainly of your business, but I know it's expanded beyond that. And, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about how you work with your clients to not just assess their talent and their potential talent, but what do you do once you figure out, okay, I've assessed them and I know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Now, what do I do with that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, people use this, I mean, we hope everybody would use assessments, um, mm-hmm. but in order to you know if you go to the doctor and they just prescribe medications or prescribe a surgery without any x-rays without any testing without even seeing you you You'd probably question that. Uh, at least most people would. I know some people just like to go and get in and get out. But yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, whether whether you want somebody opening your body or you know my prior career, you know, <laughs> drilling in your mouth uh, yeah. without any diagnosis. And, and really, what assessments are? It's it's just a self-diagnose. It's a diagnosis. Whether organizations are using it to see if somebody's prepared to do the job, do they fit in the culture, how they're going to get along with team members. Uh, what you know, really, whatever competency, skill, style, attitude uh, that people are looking for. So you know, the co- we we could test for anything from as basic as typing and data entry. Can they do it accurately? Can they actually type how fast they can type? You know, all the way through. Uh, you know, I've had the privilege of working with a few Fortune 500 uh, executive teams, and. And, and again, at that point, it's it's not necessarily are they good or bad, because most people, if they're going to reach that level, you know, have a, a, a degree of experience and they have a reputation uh, and to, to be able to, to kind of fall back on. But it's how will they approach new problems? How will they approach decision-making? How will they approach leading others, coaching others, mentoring others? You know, when we started this and we, we, mm-hmm. you and I got together, you were starting your business. Uh, I had a program for supervisory training. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy. It was right before 9-11. So we've been, right. we've been multiple crises, um, but we, you know, and it was a very, very su- successful program. Uh, but things have changed. I mean, we're, as much as change has always been at the forefront, it's you know it's certainly it's on a, we're living on this exponential curve. Um, what I call the never normal. Um, yeah. you, you just don't know what to expect. And and for the last two years, everybody's going to say as soon as the pandemic ends, we can go back to normal. And now all of a sudden, you have this you know we have a cold war, a hot war, a potentially hot war. Uh, global tensions. We have runaway inflation. Um, we have climate change i mean we're, we're just never going to live in a time anymore where it there's nothing going on right uh, but right. leading uh, it has taken a whole supervised supervision and leading has taken a whole new face so when we work with senior with leaders it's about how are people going to approach problem solving? How are they going to approach, deal with people? And we have a whole generation we need to bring up and 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 learn from, but also mentor them. So assessments, um, it's a long, long way around that story. But when we're talking about assessments, I mean, you could do it from a self-assessment, which we highly recommend of where are sure. people. But, you know, I get called from organizations and the organizations are, we, we're making too many hiring mistakes, too expensive, um, we're trying to shift gears, we're trying to grow our people. And fortunately, people are starting to use the assessments not to say, are, is this person, a, it's a good or a bad fit, you know? And, and I know there's a lot of assessments out there that say that. It's, you know, red, green, and yellow. Right. <laughs> you know, you can hire <laughs> or don't hire them. I don't suggest that. I mean, because they're, we're complicated human beings. But what happens along the way is that you can use that assessment, a pre-hire assessment, as a guide. Of how to manage that person. You know, what, when, you know, when would the wheels start to get a little loose, or, or when do we recognize it? it's like, you're driving down the, the street, you know, the warning bell goes on and it says your tire is going flat. It's not flat yet, but it's going flat. That's going, uh, we need those type of guide companies need those types of guidelines because we're, we're still pretty far yeah. off. So we use the assessments for both uh, pre-hire and, and for development uh, and for recognizing potential, and for guiding people. Uh, there's, there's a million ways to be able to use the assessments, but that's, you know, that, that's primarily what we do.
0: Right, and, and you've got, we were talking uh, pre-show about a, a new coaching platform that is a nice add-on. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think uh, you and I agree on are companies that, as you said, they, they use an assessment they get it, they say, okay, great, thanks, and then they go off and they make a, a rash decision based on what's on a piece of paper, rather than really taking a look and saying, okay, how do I use this information to make a solid business choice? And in the case of an assessment with a current employee, how do I help them work on their uh, weakness, weaknesses, or how do I exploit their strengths, you know, how do I put them in the best position to succeed? And you mentioned you, you've got a, a new program of, of micro-learning that centers right around those things. Like, how do we use this information to really make the person better?
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and the basis of that, just kind of roll, unpack that a little bit. Uh, I, I, I've always... <laughs> I've been writing about VUCA, you know, V-U-C-A, Volatile, Uncertain, Complex, and Ambiguous. I mean, that was the foundation of of all the books that I've written. And, and it was about, and it was my TED Talk. It was about how to prepare and be ready for change. And, you know, basically, we're, humans are addicted to certainty. We, mm-hmm. They like the routine. You know, we, we've both in the HR space, that's uh, that's just of stereotype. It's one of the, ch-
0: one um, of the challenges.
1: <laughs> helping people change. But it's become so important. So, about two years ago, I was introduced to an assessment, and it was called the AQAI, the Adaptability Quotient. And what I really liked about it, other than it fit into my world as an assessment, what I really liked about it, it, it identified through research 15 dimensions that impacted each of our abilities to change, to adapt to something new. Some of the, the things that would be common sense, if I ask you which ones would we included, you'd probably say, well, grit. You know, people need to have some grit and perseverance. Sure. Love that. Uh, Resilience, you know, has been the word of the year in 2020, <laughs> 2021. Being yeah. resilient, So you need to have goals and persevere and <laughs> bounce back. But they identified three additional ones. And it was growth mindset uh, for the, and we'll come back to that in a second, because that's our first micro learning program that we're re- releasing is I. Base, base and I'll, and I'll explain why uh, mental flexibility which is the ability to deal with misinformation, cognitive dissidents, getting different opinions how do you how do you have keep an open mind but also digest all that information and then another one that's popped up and, and Adam Grant sort of put this on the forefront was unlearning. He, he doesn't mm. call it that but it's unlearning it's sometimes you just got to say, you know, it worked for 20 years, but doesn't work anymore. Not working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we just got to figure out a new way to do it. So the, the five abilities were grit, resilience, growth mindset, mental flexibility, and on learning. There was also five char- per- personality characteristics like extroversion and how you deal with stress. I'm not going to go into those because mm-hmm. we're not looking to change people with those, we're not looking to, the fortunate thing about grit and resilience and growth mindset, it can help people, their abilities, which means there's sure, skills sure. that you can teach people. Character just is, and but it's important to know how people are going to approach change, what's going to hold them back or what's going to allow them to, to jump forward. But then it also looked at the, the A is abilities, the C is character, the E is environment. And it, it, that's company culture, that's culture. And do companies feel, do the individuals that complete this feel that they have company support Does the company have their back? Does the team have their back? What's the Mm -hmm. psychological, do they feel safe to try new things, to learn new things? Uh, What's the level of work stress uh, in there? So those were examples of that. So it it was really a a nice assessment and a nice framework. I really like that ACE framework. However, uh, people don't have to take the assessment. Sometimes everybody's struggling with change and they, or they've taken other assessments um, with what I had what we identified, it seemed to be the common thread in all of this is helping people become more open minded. There's people uh-huh. that are fearful of change, and why are they fearful, fearful of change? Is it because they don't have grit? Is it because they're not resilient? Yeah, that all, that all that mounts up. But for those who aren't familiar with what growth mindset is, it just doesn't mean that oh, I want to grow, I want to improve. But what holds us back, and, and you might have been in this situation too. I, 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 ha, I had what I call well, not what I called, what Carol Dweck calls, who's the, 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 really the, the expert on this, uh, is a fixed mindset. Ah, and okay. the easiest way to explain that is if, if you've ever heard anybody say, well, I'm just not very good at math. I'm not good mm-hmm. at meeting people. I'm not good at coaching people. I'm too big. I'm too small. I'm too fat. I'm too slow. Um, those are all fixed mindset. Now there are limitations. I don't care how hard I try. I, at this point, I will never, ever dunk a basketball. I (laughs) I can practice. It's just not going to happen. I'm never going to be six foot five. I'm never going to be limber. I wasn't limber when I was young. Um, but that's basically, there are some limitations. We, we, we have unlimited potential (laughs) up to a degree, but when it comes to learning abilities, um, Learning new skills, becoming better at, at something—you know, whether it's math and English, or, or you know, it, it could be a, a physical um, something physical. Then we need to. There are people who just say, "I'm just not good at it," or "I don't want to look stupid," or "I don't want to fail." Or if you're in a company, and you say, "I've got a great idea, but I'm not in the right position." Or what happens if I look bad? I may not get that promotion, or I could get fired. Right. growth right. mindset says, we're just on a journey. We're, we're looking, Our, we can learn new skills as we move on. And in fact, that's an important part of what we do. It, it's not about looking bad. It's about the process. Sure. Uh, you know, right now, and especially in HR, there's so much on the plate. Uh, recruitment. We can't find people. What does that require? We need to change the attitudes of how we do things. Retention, mm-hmm. we need to change the attitudes and the mindsets of how we do things. Diversity, inclusion, equity, we need to change that. Compensation, we need to change that. Performance management. You can go down the entire list of HR practices, HR initiatives and strategies that are at the top of everybody's list and everyone requires a new strategy. But in order to make the strategy work, it requires a change in mindset. It means that you need to give permission to make mistakes, to come up with new ideas, to innovate, to be flexible. And management, managers, and the policies need to be supportive of that. We know they're not. Right. Uh, I just read just this morning, I mean, there, there were two reports um, that are out. Uh, one was called Everywhere Workplace. And one it identified <laughs> is 87% of the respondents, over 6,000 respondents around the world, said uh, that they prefer a hybrid or all remote workplace. Only 13%, they want to go back to I believe work. it. Yeah. They want to go back to the work permanently. There was a new study that was just released this morning, and i drawn a blank on who it was, but um, it was Microsoft, actually. Okay. They had a very, very similar finding. Sure. At the same time, yesterday, there was a report that came out that 66% of managers said that they will eventually go back to an all-in-person workplace.
0: It Is it, it, it's, it's, it's a classic a disconnect.
1: Absolutely. Okay. How do we change the mindsets? There are some roles that may have to go back to the office. Absolutely. So we need to change the mindsets of workers, some workers but we absolutely have to change the the mindset and the approach of of managers and other workers that that are there how do we how do we deal with somebody that's remote just because it's challenging to have a conversation through a screen doesn't mean it's impossible and it doesn't right. mean it can't even be better and look at the look how adaptable we were 2 years ago and you know literally 2 years exactly. ago uh, 24 yeah. months ago, overnight, people learned how to do this. Was it uncomfortable? Yes. Did we make mistakes? Yes. Are we still making mistakes? Yes. But we got a whole lot better. And then a lot of people said, wow, I sort of like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I need to see my colleagues. I need to go back to work. I'd like to have lunch. I'd like to have meetings. We, we, you know, team building is a little bit easier when you do it in place. So conferences are nice to go to when you can see people and all that stuff's good. But now we don't have to do it five days a week. We right. I mean, don't have to do it all the time. And sometimes, hey, I can't make it to that conference, but it's nice to have the virtual option. So we're, we're living in this, this evolving world. And it requires everyone to say, I'm going to screw up, but I can be better. And that's just not where people are hardwired. I, you know, I go back to how many courses, I don't know if you did this, I did this. <laughs> I'm not going to take that course, because I might get a B. And I'll look back at it. Before, <laughs> yeah. even when I was already I, you know as a professional I was in business I was I, I was role recognized in community it's like you know if I go back and say I'm going to take my ma- a business course or a, I'm going to go back for my MBA what will people think because they get well I thought you were the guru already
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: yes. even, even though you get beyond that if that's the, if that thought is in your head, that's a fixed mindset now fortunately, mm-hmm. I had enough ambition and achievement and, you know, I was able to afford, I mean, there were other things, everything lined up that allowed me to, to go forward. And I was in my fifties when I went back and got a master's in leadership and go, why do you need a master's in leadership? Um, because I wanted to improve. you wanted, I wanted to. I, yeah. I wanted to, yeah, yeah, because I don't know everything. Yeah. You, you have to just admit you don't know anything. So. That's the, the micro learning program, the growth mindset, which that's why I chose growth mindset. It's a 30 day experience. It's uh, the, the feedback we're getting is just fun. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a, the, what we call the Yeti challenge in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's yet I. So it's if you oh, have a right. mindset and you go, uh, I'm just not good at math. Yet I will try something new. Sure. I sure. will sign up for this course or I'm going to download this app or I'm going to hire a mentor, whatever it is. Um, but there's every day there'll be there's some really, really good videos, you know, uh, again, things that people can get on the Web. But we found them for them. Uh, some of them are TED Talks. Some of them are articles. Uh, and we're going to take people through this 30 day journey, micro journey. They're going to journal themselves. Uh, we're going to include some webinars and some, uh, we're, we're, we're working with a lot of other coaches, so we're not going to be doing a lot of, a lot of the coaching on the side, but people don't even need a coach that would do it. And then the second one that's, uh, in alpha testing right now is resilience. And then the next one will be grit. Uh, we're going to go down the line and then we're going to switch over to the leadership side and say, how could leaders and managers, um, build better company support? Uh, how can they? How can supervisors and managers build team support? How do you create an emotionally safe space, uh, psychologically safe space for people to try these things? So we're going to go through um, the, the ten dimensions uh, to build those, and, and that's our goal. And again, people like it takes five minutes a day. That's it. You get an email or a text, and you go through an exercise, and uh, that's working. You know, that, that's cool.
0: That's my passion. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I hear it. I hear it in your voice, and I think our listeners certainly. Uh, hear the passion in, in the story. Um, the The learning journey is is so key for us as business leaders. And you know I always tell tell the leaders I'm working with that say they're afraid, you know to to let their guard down, to be human with their people, to make a mistake. And I always say, you know, do, do you think your people think you're perfect? Oh, they know I'm not perfect. Then what's the big deal? <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with admitting it. They know you're not perfect. In fact, If you ask them, they'll tell you all, all your faults. So let's just not kid ourselves in thinking that um, we're sitting uh, in the office and our people just think, wow, she never makes a mistake. How cool is that? I get to work for someone who's perfect. You know, it's just, it's just not there. And that Um, that reminds me going
1: back to assessments, you know, and and most people I know you're familiar with and many people are familiar with the disc assessment Mm -hmm. and, you know, people get that and, and, and depending on the different types, won't go into what that is, but people will get it and they go, well, I'm. I don't want other people to know this about me or no, I don't think this is right. And I said, listen, you can cross it out. You can black it out. You can do whatever you want with it. If you can get one other person who knows you well to agree with you Mm -hmm. and people do it and just laugh at them and they go, you do that all the time. Exactly, Uh, That's crazy. That is you to a T Mm -hmm. and they go, well, no, I thought I changed and you go, well, you're better at it, but no, that's, that's pretty so much you so yeah. you know we're the biggest deniers you know denials the river and is yeah. a river? <laughs> uh, we're a, we we just deny that hey we're we really good at covering up who we are and that's the way we used to be and um, that's not always the case
0: right now, now, for folks that are, are listening and, and aren't seeing our smiling faces today, they can't see the wonderful background you have, which illustrates uh, one of your, your newer books, although it's not quite new, but it's you know, it's one of the, the most recent, I guess is the better way of putting it, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. And of course, you know, like, like you, Ira, everyone that I know, all of my, my clients struggling to recruit good talent. Um, if someone was to read your book, tell us one nugget that would be extra helpful for them to know right now about recruiting
1: today? Well, well, the book, the first half of the book has nothing to do with recruitment. So for anybody who's interested, you can read it. It's all about change. It's about that VUCA, mm-hmm. that volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Interesting enough, I wrote it in 2017.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then I had my second edition come out in February of 2020, which means that I, <laughs> I wrote it a couple months before. Back in Not the normal days. <laughs> <laughs> not, you know, it's like, how did you know we're like in March, we're going to have this pandemic? Um, you know, it was a trend, didn't expect that right. at all. Right. So the first half of the book was, was really what my passion was, was talking about what the future of work, the future world was going to look like, how fast things were going to change. And then the last half was, hey, how, we're, how do I, how do I sell it? How do I monetize it? How, how do I get people to read it? And, and, at, you know, it was hard to find people. So I, I put the recruiting part there. The biggest nugget, <laughs> I hope people come away with uh, is that the world is changing exponentially fast and I I don't even have to talk about it anymore. Everybody recognizes that Uh, when I wrote it though, that was, that was the message of how quickly, and I give a lot of examples you know, there of, of what that means, what exponential change means. And, you know, now you can probably ask a three-year-old what exponential change means. <laughs> you know, it's all over the, it, it's it's on every show, no matter what we're talking about, especially with COVID, uh, you know, it's that hockey stick, it goes up and, yep. and we're living on that curve now. And uh, just to give someone a, a real quick example, uh, Ray Kurzweil talks about th- that uh, people might be familiar with Moore's law, which was, you know, every 18 months processing speed doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, on a computer and we recognize that how fast things used to be compared to where we started you know 20 30 years ago using right, laptops right. and PCs. um the 10 the, the the law of acceleration says that by the time if today it's 2022 by 20 um, by 2020 uh, 2042 um do, do my math um, that all the events that happened in 2020 12 over a 12 month span will happen in 3 months we'll have that type of environment we'll have yeah. an election climate change wildfires wildfires uh, a, pan- a pandemic hopefully we won't have a pandemic but we're going to have we're going to have all these disruptive events not over a 12 month period but over a 3 month period and then by the by 2062 uh, we're going to have it's going to happen every 11 days that's what life on an expo. It's terrifying I, it's, you know, to most people, um, but that's going to be life. And that's going to be what I, you know, I don't call it the, no- the new normal. It, this is the new normal, but it's going to be never normal. We're mm-hmm. always there's always going to be stuff going on. That was the message I intended to get out, not realizing that we would literally, I wouldn't be writing about it, but living it yeah. uh, for the last 24 months um, for people that are saying, yeah, but how does this help me recruit? Uh, I, I lay out a five-step plan. It was called Reach. Uh, it, is it, it's if you're not hiring enough people, is it because you're not reaching them? Maybe it's your messaging, your marketing. You're not you, they. You reach them, but you don't engage them. I'm still, I'm, you, you've heard me say this a million times. <laughs> yeah, thousands of people heard me say this, and they still don't get it. Uh, the application is the A of Reach. A is you got to fix your application. People aren't filling out long applications anymore. They're not filling out PDFs. Uh, yeah. If they can't do it on a mobile phone, they're not doing it. You know, fix that. That's a whole other story. Contact me, reach out if you want it. Um, you have to have a conversation. That's what the C is. Mm-hmm. Good communication. Soon as somebody applies, you need to respond. Even before they apply, you need to respond. You need to engage people. So communication. And then the H is hire. Uh, and that's about hi- hiring does not end when you extend the job offer, you need good onboarding. You need to be, yep. you know, people leave after 30, 60, 90 days. Why? Because they were never onboarded properly. Uh, if, if one is, if they're not a good match, because you didn't do, use the right assessments. Right. Uh, but the part, the next part is you brought them in, you identified them, you hired them. Nobody wants to fail. Everybody hates losing, changing jobs. Um, it's very, very stressful for everybody. So um you know, the second part, if you're looking at recruitment, would be uh, following the REACH acronym.
0: Nice. Nice. You know, our every time you and I talk, and I've had the privilege of being on your show a couple of times, and, and every time we have coffee, we, we could go on all day. And we're already at the point we need to, to wrap things up. And so I'd like to, to give you an opportunity to tell folks if, if they've heard something they, they like, they want to find uh, one of your many books. I mean, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization is only one of several that you've written. Where can they find your books? Where they? Where can they contact you? And where can they learn more about how Success Performance Solutions can help them?
1: Yeah, the one is I, I say this facetiously, but just type my name into Google, uh, and and I will show up somewhere. Um, but you can go directly to my website, which is irawolf.com. Uh, you can my company website is Success performance solutions. That's a long one, but there's a lot of information up there. Uh, I'm active on, I'm on LinkedIn multiple times every day. So you can reach out to me on, on social media uh, as well, but uh, either irawolf.com, successperformancesolutions.com uh, or connect with
0: me on LinkedIn. And to be clear, Wolf has an E on the end folks. That's right. So, uh, yeah. irawolf com. Ira Wolf. Ira, yeah. thank yeah, and the books, by the way, are all up on
1: Amazon. That's, sure. that's the easiest place to get them. Sure,
0: sure. Uh, so yeah, if you get on Amazon and you search Ira on there, you're gonna get a plethora of his books. I've read all of them. Uh, they are they are mind-expanding, eye-opening. Um, and those, I think that even that you wrote early on, 15, 20 years ago, have stood the test of time and are still a worthwhile read given the environment that we're in today. So Ira, thank you so much for for being on the show. I wish we could continue this chat. And I think we will Um, at at some point. I'm going to have you back because I know our listeners are going to ask for, for more Ira.
1: Thanks very much, Ed. Appreciate it. It's always a great conversation.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks again for listening to Transforming Talent with me, Ed Crow. I look forward to bringing you more guests in the coming weeks as we talk about how we transform talent in business today. Thanks again. And we'll see you all soon. Hey, Ed Crow here. Thank you so much for listening to today's segment of Transforming Talent. If you're a business owner or executive of a business that's on a revenue freight train that you're not sure how to control, or maybe you're butting up against a revenue ceiling that you don't know how to break through, we'd love to have you on this program. Please visit my website at edcrowe.com slash speaking slash to apply. Now, for our listeners out there, if you got something out of this interview and you'd love to share it on social media, please go ahead and do so. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, and post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag transforming talent. I love seeing your posts and guests suggestions. We're rarely putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to my website, edcrow.com, where you can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.